No, I, I, I don't like music at all. You know, I, music isn't the point. Uh, well, you once said that you're not musicians. Yeah. You mean that? Yeah, well, I've, I can play all six strings mm. or none. And I play four. How, how is it possible to be considered uh, one of the world's greatest rock bands because, when you're yes, not rock musicians? Because music, it, that's a good point. I agree with him, by the way. Uh, it's a good point because music is, is not the point. See, what matters is how much spirit you put into it, how much intelligence you put into it. Does it have any meaning? You know, does it, will it communicate to other people? When you really communicate to other people, that's when they say that you're the great, greatest rock and roll band in the world. Because all we're doing really is trying to communicate something. Sometimes we don't know what it is, sometimes we do. But all we're trying to do is communicate something. And it's nothing to do with, with A minor seventh chord. Right, with yeah. Sardam, ask some questions. Were, like, I've been told that the heads want everyone. <laughs> all right, yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> There's about a tense. <laughs> Okay, boss. What's next? <laughs> There's about a ten second lag, so like when 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 I when I ask question, like it comes in like ten seconds later. I just take direct orders at all times. Okay. There's a bit of a lag from when I say something that comes in. There's no, there's a tiny bit of a lag, alright, on yours. Okay, so Alan, what was last? Like, how is internet still so bad? Looking out where you are, Luke. Shocking. So, what was lockdown like in uh, a... <laughs> 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 crying. <laughs> Sorry. Go on, shoot. Let me type him in the chat, Liam. What was lockdown... <laughs> What was lockdown like in uh, New York, Alan? Uh, overall, man, it was, it was like everywhere else, I'm sure. It was a bit crap because I don't have any fucking backyard or balcony or anything, so you're pretty much stuck in the house there for about three weeks, only going to the shop. But then things have been opening up slowly. Still haven't been able to eat indoors or anything like that. It's all been outdoor eating, but half getting your life back to order, you know? Yeah. And so you're, still, you, you're still kind of in lockdown, right? You're still, well, you're still, you're not in lockdown per se, but like there's no window eating or anything like that. If you're outside in the street, you have yeah. to wear a mask. If you don't wear a mask, you look people will be giving you very bad looks really yeah that's kind of got the same here as well like you know even like working in limerick i work beside the the crescent you know and then like the, when they introduced the masks at the start like it was very lim you know there wasn't a whole lot wearing the masks but in the last kind of week now you'd see pretty much everybody is wearing them which is great yeah. which is a great thing right well if you just advise it like people aren't going to do but when you enforce but, uh, it, it becomes the social norm yeah <laughs> Yeah, and then you'd see, like, anytime you'd see somebody walking through the crescent, like, without a mask, you'd just, like, everybody's looking at them going, like, <laughs> you're not just fucking wearing a mask, like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot of factors mm. and stuff. 
the reasoning behind everything. If they force you to wear masks, what else they're going to force you there in five years' time? What will they be forcing you to do? <laughs> you know? Take the vaccine. Take the vaccine. <laughs> oh, that will probably become mandatory, I'd say. What's the, just at the start of the pandemic, there was that Netflix uh, uh, film, what the heck is it called? Contagion or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then at the very end of the film, like, the guy and the girl both get the vaccine and they were, they were able to meet for the first time. I'm like, Jesus, is this 2024? <laughs> and Dave, what was it like um, working from home with a, lot of, with a lot of kids around the house? Um, a lot harder than it should be. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was, it, was, it, was, um, it was great at the start. Like, I think we were all, you know, everybody's on a, we were all on the same mission, like, um, and the Stay first, safe. yeah, the first couple of weeks ran, and then, like, it was lovely, it was great to see the older kids, like, they were all really getting on really well, and, you know, there was all messing, and, every, you know, every, every, you know, we all, we all we had a good time for the first couple of weeks, but then I think it kind of wore off then, and became a bit more difficult, but, uh, and then as soon as, you know, as soon as kind of as they started to ease, I suppose, they, like we live in an estate here and, you know, there was no kids out in the estate for the first couple of weeks. So everybody was just out the back gardens and like the weather was glorious, right? So um, it was, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. And then I suppose the kids they started to go outside and meet the, meet the other kids in the estate again. And it was good for them to get out and mingle with other kids, you know. But it was mad, like, you know, anytime, you know, Going, going to do the shopping or anything. It was just like a mission to Mars. Supermarket trolley dash through Aldi once every three weeks. It's like <laughs> in and out. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So uh, good. Any any music over lockdown? What were you listening to? Me. So well, John Prine died over like he died. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he John Prine died over lockdown. Um, so our house would be a big kind of John Prime family fan, and uh, you know all of them are like all the kids, every you know Ellie, Grace, all from the ages of twelve down to two. They were all uh, big John fa- John Prime fans, and um, obviously when you know we had been listening to him just for the feel good vibe that he brings to to side, and kind of mid. In April, I think it was he died of COVID, and um, sad day. Yeah, yeah. When did you start and listening to really, um, You know, then it, it, it was kind of John Prine then for for the rest of lockdown. Then <laughs> all paying homage to John Prine. When did we start listening to him? Probably 2015, I would say, is when we really got into him. Well, when I yeah, no, I came across him a couple of times. I suppose true. Like I'd be. Would have been big into kind of folk music in my early in my in my early twenties, um, and I'd say around that time, like in spite of yourselves, came out, mm. which was like one of his one of his great albums. Um, I think that was ninety nine. I think it came out. So yeah, and then I and then I I think we were kind of reintroduced him then probably in the yeah twenty fourteen twenty fifteen and. Um, yeah, he just brings he just brings positive vibe to uh, your life. You know, everybody should listen to John Prine. Yeah, I suppose the only silver lining of someone like that dying is you kind of go back into their back catalogue and you start listening to to all their music again. And I suppose it reaches a wider audience even when something like that happens. Yeah, yeah, 100%. but for a man, you know, like he was a guy, right? He he had a career that spanned would have been like 40 50 years as 50 years i suppose like you know he had fame in the had fame in the oh, 70s when, when yeah, yeah. When had fame in the him, 70s him and, and, him and bruce springsteen were tipped to be the next bob Dylan yeah. back just back in the very early 70s here and yeah sorry <laughs> random fact 
I think he rolled um, there and he was like 20 something like very early 20s yeah so he was, he was what was he he was a um, he was a he was a male guy right so he a male a, a postman as we call him over here a male guy over Understand, <laughs> and he, he, yeah, I suppose that was in his yeah early twenties, and then he was writing songs and went to start went to what did he, he played a gig in uh just some downtown in, in, in some downtown pub in bar in, in Chicago. He he got he got a couple of quid for playing play playing that for playing three songs. I think he played three songs or something his first night, and then everybody in the bar just was like, oh my god. And you met the proprietor, the, the guy who owned the bar. Yeah, he he invited him back. Then the following week, he kept inviting him back. And uh, it got to got to the point where he was like, "Okay, I've only got three songs." Or he was at a point where he was like, "I've only got these three songs." So he played the three songs back. Following, he played the three songs, and then went back the next week. And I read a, read a read an article that he was um, driving, you know, or getting the train into go into do the gig, and he uh, got three. Only three songs or something, so he started writing, writing another, uh, writing another track, and on the train on the way on the way in. So whatever it was, a forty-minute train drive. No, it's absolute, absolute unbelievable tune. Like, yeah. <laughs> trying to fucking twenty years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, but you know, like his, his like that first album, John, John Prine, John Prine, like his first. Album like like songs like Hello in there like they're all you know that's it's like the message but like the simplicity to them and the message behind them like they're just yeah. are just in 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 you know inspirational stuff right so it's cool just just that just uh, you know old people right so you know how much it means for somebody to just go home and say to them you know hey how's it going like you know hello in there like yeah um, especially during lockdown way, I just, thought that was that tune like is. Um, yeah, unbelievable. Act, it's true, yeah. Yeah, speed for some loneliness as well. What? That's one of the greatest country songs ever. Mm. Like, I bet, like most, Irish, most Irish old people would know the song, but they wouldn't know John Prime as the person who wrote it, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But that, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So many songs, like so many of the, those country songs, like that were um, covered by other other artists, or like that he would have just writing credits. He, he would have wrote the song, like, but maybe didn't have the fame with it. Just wrote him for somebody else, like, and then made yeah, made famous in the, in those kind of country circles more so. Yeah. Do you listen to much, Liam? Yeah. I I I started listening to him because I remember you had mentioned it before, and then Mick Mick was playing his songs at gigs. So I was kind of listening to them, and then all of a sudden he got diagnosed with COVID. Oh, that's of, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just delved into it a bit more. Yeah. So we saw we saw Mick like a few weeks before that happened. You never heard of him. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Play, what was it? Par- it's Paradise, isn't it? I think Angel, Paradise, Angel from Montgomery. No, it, Angel from Montgomery. Yeah, 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 yeah. Angel yeah, yeah, from Montgomery. Yeah, yeah, what a yeah, tune yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Himself and Susan O'Neill. We 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 Better. saw was it his last gig in our Brian's? Yeah. I'd say yeah, might have been, yeah. What two thousand sixteen we saw yeah. him in seventeen, Galway. that's what it was, yeah. And um it was the last gig in um the ball the sea point in Galway, which was kind of in a, an old ballroom there down in um out in Salt Hill. But yeah, it was mad like if it didn't I'd say there was us would have been mid th- mid thirties and then everybody else was about seventy. <laughs> <laughs> And Harry and Jack Smith, yeah. <laughs> but he 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 had a place in a, he had a he had a some uh, they have a place in Canberra, so he used to frequent um, greens in Canberra. He'd be down there playing sessions anytime he was staying over. Like so, that's how um, Michael knows him. I think a bit. 
from yeah, yeah. from the sessions in Greens. Yeah, some man jumped around. Dad sent me on a picture actually, all right? From there back home, 10 years ago, sitting at the bar. Summer's ends around the bend just flying The swimming suits are on the line just drying I'll meet you there for our conversation I hope I didn't ruin your whole vacation Well, you never know how far from home you're feeling Until you've watched the shadows cross the ceiling Well, I don't know, but I can see it snowing In your car, the windows are wide open Just come on home Come on home no, you don't have to be alone Just come on home Valentines break hearts and minds at random That old Easter egg Ain't got a leg to stand on Well, I can see That you can't win for trying And New Year's Eve Is bound to leave you crying Come on home Come on home No, you don't have to Be alone Come on home The moon and stars Hang out in bars Just talking I still love That picture of us Walking Just like that old house we thought was haunted Summer's end came faster than we wanted Come on home Come on home No, you don't have to be alone Come on home Come on home you don't have to be alone Just come on home So, Adam, what were you listening to over lockdown? Um, mixture of stuff, all of like Spotify is kind of half ruined me. <laughs> In what way? Playlists and then discover weekly and your, 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 daily, your daily your daily mix of what you like 
But it's actually, in fairness, the algorithms are serious because it's like, who, who, who is this, or what song is this? And it's like, because it's just a stream of music playing through your, you know, playing through your day, like, and yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. But you, but it's good because it, what Spotify can do, so it gives you like what four or five daily mixes. So it categorizes your music without you even knowing. Like, you know, you could be mad into mm. like electronic and then ambient and full and thing, but then your daily mixes will be categorized by that, that by that piece. Yeah, yeah. It's similar, you're like, geez, this is brilliant. And go and check the name of the song. You know? <laughs> it's a way to suck us in, but I suppose the artists are losing out. Yeah, I was just in the mixed new album. I thought it was brilliant. Jesus, yeah. serious altogether. James Blake re- released two tunes. Mm. Autumn Britain, Honey Bear released two tunes, Savage. Obviously, that uh, oh, Taylor Swift album there two weeks ago. Unbelievable. Nearly 10 out of 10. That's all, Aaron Desner. Like, he's just a genius. Mm. Um, Big Red Machine, <coughs> the regular stuff. Uh, yeah, I really did like Taylor Swift for a long time, but then she's, she's kind of gone back. Listened, she went back to her roots then. Yeah. Do you know what? I, but that, even that album was a 1992, yeah, man. It's, it's a great album as well. 1990. But what I was got 1989, so, yeah, like, whatever year she was born. Yeah. But what I would say about that is the reason you think it's brilliant is because Brian Adams. Ryan yeah, Adams true, yeah. No, but even did. before that, man. Yeah. You can barely you can barely talk about Ryan no, Adams. Sh- no, but eventually. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but but that Liam, if you want to get into Taylor Swift, listen to Ryan Adams' 1989. It's, it's an acoustic album. He recorded it in a week, and he came out and he said it on Twitter or something a week, like a week and a half before. He was like. I'm gonna I'm gonna record 1989 and just re- release it as an acoustic album. The first time I ever listened to Taylor Swift, my God, it was phenomenal. Like I listened to it nonstop for about a month, and I could not get over how good it was. Really, that's that was what it was. Oh, she, yeah. she's very talented. Oh, write it down. I, like he's a fairly yeah yeah just uh, and the songwriting is ridiculous. Like it, all, it always comes back to the song. It doesn't matter how well Bonnie Vera is kind of uh, an anomaly that but a lot of it does just come back to being able to fucking portray what you're trying to say in a song yeah and what's what's struggling with that myself what's Bonnie Vera trying to yeah Bonnie Vera doesn't do that it's like half of it is kind of cryptic <laughs> You know? yeah. yeah, I was just watching an interview with Joe Strummer and he was saying it's all about like what you're trying to communicate really at the end of the day yeah pretty much the message so yeah. it's the same in anything in life right so no matter what you're doing like if it's if you're working in business whatever it is whatever you're trying to do man kind of need to have that kind of clear message that's what people look at the Irish government at the moment they don't have a clear message oh, and it's in shit turmoil show. shit show yeah complete shit show yeah complete shit show like yeah it's just, yeah, it's just poor PR it's just bad messaging it's just you need yeah. a consistent clear message people can just go okay that's what I'm doing now that's what, and that, you know, in fairness, like Leo and the boys had, they had it easy. It's just like, everybody just stay at home. Everybody yeah. go home, stay at home. You know, it was simple, right? And now it's, it's obviously har- harder to uh, have a consistent message when so many, they're trying to, I suppose, balance you're so many things. Like, you know, you have the economy you're and you're, you're trying to get the kids back to school. And That's very nuanced, like. Trying to, yeah, you wouldn't know how it's going to work. Did you hear that, uh, that one track that I was listening to recently? Was, did you hear that Japanese house? Song just a brand. Yeah, I haven't. She's, She's brilliant. brilliant, man. She's I never heard her like. Yeah. Ah, unbelievable. Jap the Japanese house. Uh, Dion is the is the tune she released. Yeah. Ooh. No, I, 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 a serious I, 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 break. Like when it breaks into that chorus, it's just like. But 
Savage. It's the exact. I know, yeah, it's thing. a recipe there. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like in the lights. Francis yeah. and the lights. It is like I listened yeah. to this the first time. The first time I heard the tune, I was like, "This is just a complete rip off of Francis." Like, who produced Francis and the Life? Oh, no, 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 B J Burton. That, uh, no, the we can be yeah. friends with the Kanye West. And the, I, was, I was just about yeah. The layout, the structure, the breakout is ninety-nine percent, ninety-nine percent similar. But it is a brilliant tune. I'm not taking away from the song. Like, yeah. You know, there's just used by producers to create good music all the time I'm sure something I don't really yeah. know <laughs> no but it's your man BJ Burton that has that sound like I was reading up on that recently like you know the production for a lot of that like for all that 22 million for the 22 yeah for all kind of Francis of the Lights and 22 million and that the Japanese house your man behind it all is actually BJ Burton He's the producer. He's the guy producing. But that anyway, I'm just that's honest. That Japanese house. The first time I listened to it, I was like, "Oh my god, this is please." Mm. <laughs> it's a serious break, though. When it when it drops into the course, it's just like it's the, the the draw. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, but it's everything that's going on, right? So it's the you have the vocal, you know, you have the Messina going in the background, you have the kind of gritty drums, and you got that kind of synth pop kind of vibe going on as well. Like yeah. very good. Cool. And then you have the old falsetto. Just a burning. Listening in on everybody else talking about something meaningless. Just so.
I'm surprised that Exile tune isn't higher in the charts and stuff. I thought that would have blown up a bit. I thought, was that not the one that was? Top streaming track though, I think, isn't it? Is it the top streaming track? Okay. I was in some place in some random shop. I think, I think, I think maybe on YouTube, I think it is, and maybe not on uh, Spotify. I think it was on YouTube. So, um, wanted, I wanted a meter YouTube or Spotify, I think it was. <clears throat> but I was in some random shop and um, it was on the background. I was like, it's not really shopping music. <laughs> it is. It is. I think they're making they're making indie go like good track. Hopefully, indie yeah. is the new pop. Like. Hopefully, yeah. All the pop artists have to start actually thinking more. Yeah. Yeah. We'll all go back to the acoustic guitars and keep it simple. But another thing that I got over the lockdown actually was from from Pip. No, this is just an idea. It's not actually music, but it was I passed it on to a few of my mates and I got it back, which is class. But he was saying if you pick two songs from your top ten albums ever, pretty much impossible to do, like. But it's two songs per album, and it's ten albums of your top ten favorite albums. And I tell you, the playlist you get back off people—it's—it's it's actually excellent because you get—you don't just get one random, you know, twenty random tunes and stuff. You get two brilliant tunes, their best, their favorite tunes from their favorite albums. So like, I—I I sent it out to like three lads. Pip is the person who sent it to me, and he did it, and I sent it to him, and then I sent it out to a few of my mates. But the playlist I got back then, you're like, I listened to these, you know, it could be whatever the streets, the Stone Roses or someone, but. No, what was Van Morrison what was the biggest one for me. One of the lads sent back two Van Morrison tunes. Never heard of him in my life. One was 12 minutes long. And I swear to God, it was like one of the best 12 minutes. I was like, this is amazing. How haven't I even heard What's of this the track? track? Like, but it's a very good idea. Yeah, it is, yeah. You know? Yeah. Bounce. It's a lot better than uh, that Facebook thing, that Facebook thing that was going around. Yeah, send fuck Send your 10 albums, one album a day. To, I was just like... Exactly. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But even, but even like when you send playlists that like your tunes, most of them are just a, a massive mixture of randomness. You don't want, you know, but this is yeah. like kind of structured that makes it a good. Speaking of the streets, have you heard um, Mike Skinner's new stuff? Yeah, go on, sorry. Man, I was listening, you listened to, the to the streets about 20 minutes ago. Uh, it came up in my, one of my daily mixes. <laughs> I didn't. But, but it was cool. What's it called? I haven't li- heard his new one, but funnily, funnily, or... I was actually, I did listen to, I went back and listened to the original Fire material multiple times during lockdown. Brilliant album. That album. Top class. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. 
That was one of my top albums when I was there. Was... What's it? None of, none of us are getting out of this life alive. Yeah, I'm not, I, I'm not gone on the new stuff. I, I, I love idols, but I, I'm not gone on Mike Skinner's new stuff. Mm. Yeah, but a mate of mine who's in the band over here, they're a pretty big band, but they were sporting idols last year. Really? In the last year. Yeah, I'm sure Mad enough. I didn't even know who the idols were, but then about six months later, I saw, I saw all this idol stuff, and I was like, is that not Trey's band was sporting? I'm like, but like, just getting big, but then when I saw how big the idols were, I was like, that is pretty cool. Is Mike Skinner's a bad? No, no, they're like a hard... No, that's my mates. Are like a... and what? Oh, right. Punk band. Oh, well, Idols are a punk band. Oh, Idols are on about them. Yeah, they're kind of a new age okay. punk band. Good, yeah? I, I like them, yeah. What were you listening to, Liam, over lockdown? So, like, I was always, like, trying to stay ahead of music, but then over the lockdown, I suppose, everything slowed down, so I started, like, going back. So I got into, like, the Smiths, Joy Division, um, like, the Ramones, like, all the all the classics that I just never had time to really delve oh, into yeah, before. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Really kind of fascinated by Morrissey and the Smiths, to be honest. Skip through the songs when you weren't alive. <laughs> really? I don't Do you see Morrissey and the White Power stuff? Like, he seems like you're fairly rich. No, I haven't seen. Did you hear that, Liam, no? Yeah, I, I just focusing on his um his Smiths days and don't really care too much what he's done the last few years. <laughs> just trying to ignore that. He's a brilliant song. Oh, buzzard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was coming up with some very questionable stuff over the last couple of years. Yeah, I just tried to ignore that as much as I could. Well, uh, well a funny thing that I noticed this week. I don't know if any listen to her, but like, you know, Phoebe Bridgers? Yeah, I, yeah, I haven't, I've never, I've listened to her album maybe twice, but I, yeah, I haven't got into, I didn't, didn't really oh, get she's into amazing. it. She's, yeah. she's one of the, she's one of my top female singers. Only she, does like, she does a big thing with uh, Conor Orbis, better community, <coughs> Oblivion Center or something. Oh, that's her, okay. Oh, last year, Savage in her. But she come out last. Yeah, that's her. But she also learned, listened to her solo stuff. She's she is fantastic. Take it a dig at Eric Clapton. <laughs> Go on, like, everything Eric Clapton has ever done is mediocre. And I'm just here going, like, this fucking twenty-two year old giving Eric Clapton a dig. I'm like, I don't Fuck. understand. I was I was meant to say bright eyes it's in September, but that's um that's called <laughs> off. Oh, unbelievable. Uh, yeah, where was Glenn? Dublin was it? Vicker Street, yeah. I've never seen bright eyes, but I've seen with. I saw him with that them crowd. I saw him with the Baker Street. See bands after Bright Eyes, and I saw him once or twice. Mm. I think you toured with John Bryan yeah, for a bit. Actually, way, it's, more, it's morning is one of the greatest albums. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 They played a few tunes together in the last. Jeez, I didn't see that. Yeah, I missed that. Um, new album is pretty. Is what's it? Carnival? No, not Car- it's Carnival. Bright Eyes. New album is no man. Are the EP? Yeah, yeah. So a couple of singles out there. Yeah. He's got two singles released in the last month. Savage. But everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. serious. Everything. He does. Jeez, I was absolutely mm. obsessed with that kid when I was fucking 15. I'm 35 now and I'm still pretty <laughs> obsessed with him. So they're doing something right, you know. Forced convalescence in bed. Rest. Staring contest. With the ceiling and my feet Was momentarily conscious Of the backflips I've been doing in my sleep I'm not afraid of the future Have to suffer and repeat
same house who was the musical leader of the house oh, I would have to say Patrick really or Dave is it Dave would have been the musical leader I think we all I think everybody was everybody was um, we all played music I was <clears throat> a drummer Pat was a guitarist and then Alan was I branched Alan was guitar I branched into, into guitar bit of piano Connor was the only one Connor was just like no interest I'd not playing any instruments just to be different he's <laughs> <laughs> more interested in the coffee <laughs> Hundred uh, percent. Oh yeah. But yeah, it was a madhouse. Like so, I got a drum kit when I was thirteen. 
I set it up in a bedroom and I play drums for about three hours every day from about 13 until about 17, 18. I just come in from school, drums, full blast for a couple of hours. And uh, I don't know how my parents put up with it. <laughs> so I, cert- I, I certainly wouldn't have the patience for myself anyways at this, this point. <laughs> who, who are the drummers you uh, looked up to or influenced you or were there any? Um, so back then it was drums. Rennie, Rennie from Sun Roses. He was my, uh, he was the person that, I suppose, inspired me to start playing the drum. Well, yeah. He was the main driver of my, uh, my drum style, anyways. Benny uh, from the Stone Roses. Oh, yeah. So I used to go in and put on the headphones, put on Stone Roses, Stone Roses, and just play that album for whatever it was, 45 minutes, I think, or 30, yeah, 45 minutes. Ten songs. I used to know them off my heart. Just go and play them every night, <laughs> every day. And then um, the second coming then was there the other album then. And uh, yeah, he was he, he so back then I suppose yeah my main influence when I was you know into drums and that kind of 13, 14, 15, 16. Was, yeah, so all kind of Stone Roses pretty much. And Alan on the guitar, who was your uh, your influences growing up? Dave, was it? My guitar was kind of blue. Older brother. I learned, being very honest, I picked up the guitar, what, when I was 16, I think. I got it for my 16th birthday, um, because I'm left-handed. So every time, we had loads of guitars in the house, but they were always right-handed. So every time I went to pick up a guitar, whether it was Dave Paz, I used to flip it around and play it upside down. And then when I decided, okay, I want to play guitar, man, I think man bought me my... What man, guitar was that? Crappy guitar. Seagull? No. No, okay. <laughs> I wish. No. <laughs> Grab a guitar there from the shop across the road from the, the friary. Remember the music shop there beside the barber? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Years ago. But anyway, yeah, got that. And then I started off playing folk music. I think, I still to this day, I say it's the best thing that ever happened to me with my guitar because I was just playing, like a lot, it was all the Damien Rice era and, you know, Playing the frames and Bell X One and Damien Rice and just trying to learn all these songs, but it gave me my rhythm. Whereas I do feel I do see when I'm talking to a lot of people, especially people who don't play the guitar or who are trying to learn, everyone's kind of rushing to like learn scales and rushing to be able to fucking mm-hmm. go mad on the guitar. That's it. And then yeah. they lose. Like yeah. I've I've met very good guitarists, very technical guitarists, who then struggle with their fucking rhythm, which is like that's that's what makes you. You, your guitarist, because you have your rhythm is your mm. rhythm. It's no one else's. You can learn all the whatever features you want to do, like scales, blah blah. But um, so it was the best thing I ever did. And then I went to Australia, and I was just an awful lot of BB King. I was living in a tent for a year, and I wasn't doing. I was playing a lot of music, and that's when I started. I took it serious for about a year and a half, I'd say. Living <laughs> in a tent, playing guitar, very serious. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't very serious. Wouldn't take it back. Thirty months, actually, I wouldn't take it back. <laughs> did, did two gigs. Yeah, I was busking, busking, busking on the streets of Byron Bay there huh? for a few huh? Friday nights. I could give it a go. Yeah. Yeah, but still, yeah, no, but that's that's that it, you're you know you're dead right, especially when it comes to kind of that acoustic guitar kind of vibe. It was like ability to, to add rhythm to your melody, like you know, through your style of playing is. It's, um, it's, it's, it's the, di- yeah, exactly. It's the differentiator between your kind of those that are more of natural, more of a natural player of an instrument versus those that are just more like a thought player. Like you see, you know, <clears throat> I don't know. Do you, I don't know. Do you know this 
lean, but I know I do anyways. Like, so when I'd be watching, if I see somebody playing guitar, I can tell if they're kind of more of a natural guitarist or if they're very much a talk guitarist. Like, so if you're a talk guitarist, you're, you're very, you're, you're a lot more rigid in your kind of playing, right? Mm. Um, and you see those, you see the likes of, you see the likes of Mick Flannery, like, you know, you see when he has, a, he, he fucking plays it upside down and everything and strings up the wrong way around. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But he just has that, he has that natural flow to, to the way he plays it, right? And he has just, that's his, that's his rhythm. And it's that kind of inner, inner rhythm that, that, I don't know, music kind of, the music that beats inside you comes out, you know, through your playing, right? And uh, yeah, you see some people that, that they, then they still, <clears throat> they still have pretty successful I'm sure as musicians, but you can just see that they're just they're just not you know they're just not. Uh, yeah, there. but you you also this uh, <coughs> you can become a master. What is it? Ten thousand hours in master everything. Yeah. yeah. So, I suppose it, yeah. the coin. I'm sure. Biggest thing. I, I'm just saying like that. That is one of the most important things. Uh, my whole musical fucking venture in my life, which is the second biggest thing in my life, unfortunately, after fucking work. But. Uh, it's the biggest thing was just having my own rhythm rather than just being able to wank around the guitar there for an hour without making a mistake. And it sounds amazing, but you're just repeating yourself as well. A lot of times, you know, where yeah. when you like, if I play, if I play a chord sequence, you play a chord sequence and Dave plays a chord sequence. It's very different. Even though we're playing the exact same thing, it'd be very different to any musician in my opinion. Anyway, is like, you can't be taught rhythm. You can be taught scale notes you've been taught melody you, you can even technically be well, i'm sure you've been taught rhythm as well but it's, it's the most natural part of playing an instrument is what coming out in the unconscious mind that you don't even know what you're doing because you're you just know your chords but you're playing you're feeling if that makes sense yeah i'm sure in songwriting then it's kind of very important to have that yeah i don't i can't write a song man but, <laughs> about to write your song and that's, that's my biggest problem to string two fucking <laughs> words together I fall so that's what <laughs> <laughs> oh, but again it comes it comes back to um, comes back to the message like and thinking about like what you're trying to say and feel because what, if, if you're talking about a happy thing you're going to have a joyous melody you're going to have a joyous song if you're talking about a sad thing you're going to pull it back into something more melancholic, minor, like A minor, mm. preferably. <laughs> but yeah, it does. And those, you know, the, the folks that write a, you know, you don't really have, I suppose, concept albums or, you know, eight or nine songs that'll be on the album. Like, you know, you, you don't get a whole lot of that anymore. They blow up, like, you know, ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Like a lot of Bon Iver stuff is concept albums. Like when you, you like literally now looking back since like 2008 or 2007 or whenever, you look at like what he had four albums and this is his fifth album. Yeah. But you can see that every single one of them was a concept in some way. So yeah. I want to touch on Dave, your um, involvement with Clear Youth Center. That was your kind of, that was music you were doing, was it? Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, youth service. I would have been involved with the music yeah the Innis music project so we kind of set that up back when we were kids there was no yeah there was no, no real place to play music you know in Ennis as a young lad um so i knew the a few youth workers that were inside there margaret salary at the time and um kind of went to her and asked her if we could use the, the the hall in this in the center to um just put on a few gigs and 
well, practice to start. So it was just like we got a we had a we had a band going around. I can't remember what we were called. I can't remember what we were called. But uh, yeah, we had a band going and um, no place no place to play play together. So um, yeah, they op- they opened drawers, let us in, and uh, started practicing there on a Saturday. Um, and then as we were kind of saying, wouldn't it be great if we put on a few gigs or put on a gig and show how great we are playing the drums and or musical instruments. And, Playing all these Alice in Chains songs and what um, else just we play Alice in Chains and Slayer and <laughs> it's all pretty uh, yeah pretty rock god and yeah so we started playing gigs there and then yeah we just made it more of a um, more of a formal thing then kind of as the months went on and became more of a regular occurrence. We used to run kind of monthly bands nights and um, that kind of went on for a couple of years and then it continued to kind of grow after I left and, you know, the kids came in after me and, you know, continued to develop it and eventually kind of did some fun, lots of fundraising down through the years and um, they now have, you know, excellent facilities in there, you know, with a recording studio or, you know, the ability for the kids to, young, the young people to learn, you know, how to live sound or lighting or video or media, you know, pretty much every, everything is there. Like, you know, and all, all genres are, um, you know, it's great now it's supported. Like they have a youth worker that works with the, with the young guys, they'll essentially sound engineer or music producer. So the guy that's in there at the moment, Sam Lavery, Clark Five is his, um, is his axe name. So he's kind of a rapper, slash producers like lyrical really really good lyrical genius like you know really 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 kind of gritty and um down to uh it's really current stuff i suppose you know that a lot of kids a lot of young 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 guys young folks around they really relate to um so yeah it's 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 all about giving you the giving the kids a space to play the music express themselves through music yeah it's very good yeah it's cool yeah no it's excellent like it's it's Brilliant to see it still going. Um, geez, whatever, twenty five years later. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't realize yeah, you were there. Like you kind of got the ball, got the ball rolling with it. Yeah. So ah, uh, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Some say I did, um, <laughs> but the, but there's always been uh, like you know there's there's always been a history of music going through the place. Like you know, you, if you think of um, you know Nicky Brennan, um, he runs the guitar school in there, so. If you want five euro guitar lessons or six euro guitar lessons, you know, for an hour, and it's all young people again, it's all kind of youth led, so it's all the young people teaching their peers and teaching you know younger folks as well how to play songs and teach them the chords, teach them what songs you want to play and what songs you want, want to be able to play, and teach them on the guitar or a keyboard. And you know, that's been there for that was there for whatever 40 years, like, but uh, and it's still going strong. So, there's always, there's always been a, a good strong line of promoting music like you know for 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 young people through through the youth center so um, yeah i'm happy to have been a part of it and i'd still continue to support them in any way i can um and that's one thing you you know i think that's one thing you kind of learn from being involved with something like that is it's it's the value of kind of giving back right so it's you know anytime i learned learned a new scale or whatever like you know you always go back and you try and you know pass it on to those kids that were coming through like so you know i obviously went to london i worked in metropolis i worked in grand central and had gained lots of knowledge and lots of 
really good skills. Like, you know, the first thing that I came, did when I came back was I went, went, went back to the youth service and I, you know, ran workshops and I tried to share the knowledge back with the kids that were there at the time. Like, you know, um, it's very important to keep, um, you know, to keep working with the young guys. It's cool. Yeah. See, James Gormley yeah, is, a, is in a band yeah, at the moment. James, yeah, sure, James. Yeah, yeah. James is like, but James is like, he's just naturally, again, when we go back to, go back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, just, naturally talented or has that natural ability like james was just one of these you know spectacular young folks when it comes to music <laughs> he'd, he'd wipe the floor of you know me or alan or you know anybody like right he's just on a different level altogether like and he had that when he was you know 15 like yeah and it's all about you know encouraging that in them like you know and it's great to see then when they continue that on into their college life and continue to learn and and keep it up and just hopefully you know he's still he he keeps hopefully you know he he's he, he's still inspired and he inspire aspires other, others in the future you know but it's funny like i remember james when um i was always trying to you know just kind of get him using his talents more you know mm. so he was obviously a great guitarist he's really interested in recording so brought him through you know showed him how to record and just, you know naturally just got it got a lot of it like and uh, then um, I was kind of saying it'd be great if we could, you know, get more of a kind of a group session going, like you know. Um, and they came up with the uh, so we had a couple of young folks in and we were kind of talk about, you know, what could we do, you know, get more people involved in the project. And um, they came up with the ukulele or- orchestra. So <clears throat> they literally um, himself and uh, James and Fina Fina Verm and uh, they started this ukulele orchestra. So the idea being that they teach you know their peers how to play the ukulele and we'll just go around whatever 10 of us 10 of them will go around playing these gigs <laughs> you know just ukuleles and uh it was amazing to see it like you know just from the minute they had the idea to getting people enrolled in it and then teaching like so james afina and uh robert as well another guy um they essentially they you know took, took the lead in it um got the songs sourced the ukuleles uh, and then taught everybody that wanted to be involved in it so there was like i think it was a group of about 10 in total and uh so they used to run the sessions every saturday and uh just do lessons with the group and then they went off and they start start to play gigs around the town like so paddy's day uh whatever you know whatever else it was brilliant like you know really good to uh just for them to take a project come up with an idea for a project take the project run with it and again share that knowledge and you know share it with their peers and uh you know reap the reward of it then like you know just going out <laughs> playing music because that's all they wanted to do at the end of the day never, i never saw them but that's yeah. a brilliant story yeah. yeah i think his, his band is called luna now they're actually recording the new album this week they're just finishing off i think excellent um, ah. Oh, that's the, so it was James on this before, was he? He was he like the one, first one, I think. He was on the first ones, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I listened to him as well. And I actually listened to two of the Lunar tracks after somewhere. I can't even remember now, but I remember listening. It was like, yeah, very good. She's so cold. Lately she's been acting out of order Moving like her body's got some odor You wanna tear it down, you wanna hold her Oh, you wanna hold her But all she says is She don't like If you don't try Tears flow by No one ever knows that she still cries 
So uh, I think the common denominator here is Bonnie Bear. Yeah. So when did you start getting into him or the, the group? I should I, say. I, I was living in London at the time and we went to see Iron and Wine in um, Camden in 2008. I think it was probably the, the, the week or the month before. So I used to work in recording studios over there. And I was in London and I was reading, there was a review of For Emma in uh, one of these music production magazines that I used to subscribe to. I was like, oh, I must check that out. Like, And then I, we obviously had tickets to Iron and Wine at this point, but um, went to see him, went to see Iron and Wine and didn't even see, you know, who, didn't even check to see who was supporting him, uh, who was supporting Iron and Wine. And we did this big, we went early anyways, and uh, went into this small venue in 
Camden and um, Bon it was Bon Iver was playing for Emma, three of them on the stage on the stage, and I was just like, oh my god, who the fuck is this guy? And then I found out it was Bon Iver. I was like, this was, I was reading them all like, uh, and um, then got hit, got into got into him at that point. So yeah, it was kind of two thousand seven, two thousand eight, and um, so I saw him. And it was probably I don't know. At that point, it was probably I'd say fifty other people in the room. So it was pretty, uh, pretty cool. And then yeah. I, and then I saw him in November playing in, um, playing in Brooklyn. So what was it? Twenty thousand people. I think he said. <laughs> his own gig. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So did you have, did you have gigs that you were going to this year? Um, Call off. Uh, I, yeah, I was supposed to. I tickets to go and see. Well. I caught the Cinematic Orchestra in November just before. Oh, yeah. Thing, Very good. Which was... They're uh, unbelievable. Amazing. Yeah, we saw them. One of, my, one of my biggest two, I don't know if any listened to him, but King Cruel. And you know him? Oh, yeah. But him and Mark DeMarco, like, as the two like, new bands of the last year and a half, <clears throat> I absolutely... Mark DeMarco, you listen to him, and he just sounds like he's playing this soft surfer music. But it's just <clears throat> fucking brilliant. And then you listen to King Cruel, and this guy speaks like he's talking like a monster. He's talking with so much angst, but then you listen to like the music behind it. Then is like a little jazz, a little lick or something, and it's just so well done. Like the first time Vanessa heard it, she was like, "Turn off this! I don't like this music. It's too angry." <laughs> I'm like, "Shut up! Listen to." We're in lockdown. <laughs> you listen to Gabba, man. I swear, he is he is one of the most important. Like he's up there with Bunny Bear. He's these guys, they stand out for me. Like James Blake, Bonnie Vera was 10 years ago. Now it is uh, Ashkir. He's an Icelandic dude. King he's Krul. He's a few years ago as well, though. He's a few years ago, and he's never going to get that big. But King Krul. Mm, very good, though. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah. Olaf Arnold's, you know. Mm. Yeah, Olaf Arnold's. Uh, he's Icelandic as well, is he? Or Scandinavian? Yeah, he is, yeah, yeah. But, hey, but man, every, everything Icelandic out of Iceland, music, yeah, exactly, yeah. They, they make warm music. For one of the coldest places in the world, every single thing, like my favorite band in the whole, like in the whole world, hands down, if someone asks, it had to be mm. Cigarros because like my whole teenage, my 20s was revolved around Cigarros. But they make warm music for the heart in a very cold environment. Same with New York, the same way fucking ever. It's really crazy. And then you see all the great, even singer songwriters. Like exactly. Yeah, I was gonna say, nice yeah. Like they all, they all my migrate. It's very to try and bring back something very warm. It's 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 weird all that ideology, but I think I'm right in, in some way. I've never been there, and that's one of the top of the list. If I go back to if when I go back to Ireland, yeah, you'd be pretty, you'd be able to isolate pretty much anyways. Socially distant, go out there to the Icelandic hills. Fact. Did you have any gigs, uh, Dave? That you were. Tent there and say- uh, we'd we'd uh, Bon Iver lined up. That was supposed to be in. Um, I was going to that as well. Yeah, and we were we were going to go to the national as well, weren't we? Oh yeah, that was in June. I think we'd. Long We might go to the national. Um, that was supposed to be in June. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I saw them on the side. Ian Brown was supposed to be playing Long Limerick as well. Uh, yeah. So Bon Iver is rescheduled for January, I think, is it or February? January. That's not going to happen, I'd say. First of January. Yeah, they they all look like they think. Uh, you're coming no, back anyway. I've seen a few artists. I've seen a few artists release 2021 tour dates now in the last week. Everyone's kind of hopeful it's going to come back in some way. No, we're sure they won't. You're not going to be able to. I can't see them having a mass gathering of. Yeah. Unless they're happy to do the gig with 100 people in it, like in the point. I'm buying tickets for Fantasy Z tomorrow for July. 
Oh yeah, sure. Where are they playing? It's in the, the Ivy Gardens. They're, um, they're a series band as well. Oh, I love I love Fontaine's. I, I, listen I haven't listened to the new album yet. But it was really yeah, yeah. Sorry. I'd never heard of. Well, I had heard of them, but I never listened to them until about two weeks ago. And Moody, I was like, yeah, they sound sound very good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm a big I'm fan. Too. They're they're where they're Dublin, are they? Dubs, yeah. Mainly DC, Dubs, yeah. Dublin City. Hardly. Fontaine's DC. This the DCs for the Dublin City, yeah. Yeah. The first album is better than the, the second album. Doggerd is very good. It's a very good album. Okay. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll definitely check them out because when I listen to... Uh, actually, just looking here on my random thing. Karangbang. Ever, any ever listen to them? No. Nope. No. I have homework to do now after this. Yeah. Karangbang. <laughs> Karangbang, man. They're like, they're just... Uh, they're not like explosions in the sky, but they're mainly just complete... It's complete explosions in the sky. Sometimes there's there's explosions in the sky. The best product. Have you heard those in the No. Explosions in the sky. Huh? <laughs> you like that? You like that? Yeah, that's good. Very good. You'd really feel for the music industry. Well, the entertainment industry, I should say, in general, like, like this. That's it. But that was like, it's it's right. It's the right time for you to be going to express, to express yourself. yourself. Yeah. We can all sit here arguing about masks. And should we wear them or not? Yeah. You know, you know, people, but, but that's what people, that's what so many people do. Well, fighting about ma- uh, masks, blah, blah, blah. But actually, yeah, but I, I, I use your time a bit better, right? And, you know, it's a great opportunity for you to just go write that album that you know you have in you. Like, yeah, but what about people who have already written it? <laughs> they want to go out and make some money and fucking let people listen to it. This is the problem. Like, yeah, we, we, we can all be Socrates now. We can all sit down and fucking dream that we're going to be the next gods or we can come up with the next invention. Of course. And that is this fucking great reset or whatever is going on. The biggest thing anyone should ever take out of it is that, like, oh, I thought I was a fucking banker. I thought I was a mailman. I thought I was an engineer. Doesn't matter. Do what the fucking thing you think it's gonna be because in 10 years time you get pandemic too <laughs> and you've spent fucking 20 years doing something you think is correct but you're not following your heart you will be struggling to find it yeah. so yeah but, mm-hmm. but from what you're saying from the musicians who've already done it and they're about to tour they're about to have that's you feel so mad for the industry as a whole it's not it's not from the creative like there's the creativity part and the business part i'm literally talking about the business part of them like it's, yeah. If this continues prolongedly, dude, social interactions are going to get strange for people. People are going to be afraid. But you see it already. Yeah, you see that already. Room man. with fifty people. Mm-hmm. No man, it will. Like, it's, like, it's weird to shake hands with someone now. We wouldn't do it. Like, whoa, whoa, yeah, but, 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 like, like, think about it. <laughs> hands here. The only thing, the only thing, COVID really shown is that it made a complete behavioral change in all of humanity. You know, everyone was, before COVID, it was all, ah, oh, hug, embrace, love. Now you have people that, it could even be your sister. Or you're like, geez, who are you with? That's like, get away from me. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, 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 it hasn't just changed what you think. It's changed how you behave. And that, that is a, you have to make that difference because that's very, very, very clinical to something. Yeah, but it had to, it, exactly, it, it, it had to like, can, huh? but it had to, it had to change how you behave, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's a very bad thing. I'm just saying that people need to be aware of it. And just from that, if you prolong that for a year, two years, three years, you think about any social interactions, even when it's your family and stuff, Things will down in some way or crack. Like people won't want to walk into a gig with a thousand people, Everybody even though freaking out. 
You're in, you, see, you see the new, you see the festival thing where everyone's in these little boxes. Yeah. It's like you're fucking a hundred cattle stuck in your little pin of, of so there's, there's 10 by 10. You've got like, I worked in a pig farm in Australia. It was a hundred pigs per pen and it was five by five. So there was a thousand pigs in the thing. And I had to walk in there at six o'clock every morning with a gun and a fucking marker, a little crayon. I used to have to give them a bit of hormones and give them a little mark so I know that I did them. And my whole day from six o'clock in the morning until fucking four o'clock in the evening was going through these 10 pens. 100 pigs per pen with me and my man. This is the Rage Against Machine because it was an angry time, obviously. <laughs> but, but like, that's, that's the socially distant festivals. If they're going to be putting us in little pods, you're, you're pretty much just a little fucking sheep. Yeah. <laughs> you're, looking, you're not allowed to leave. Oh, yeah. Look it. It's only temporary anyways, right? I don't know. That is, you have to, like, look at it. If you don't think it, you know. Think positive. There's always positive hope. Mental right? There's always hope, right? Yeah, man. There's always hope. Yeah. Oh, 100%. There's always hope. I have hope. I, we were talking about, sorry, that went off in a bit of a tangent. We were talking about <laughs> <laughs> the business because the poor musicians, they're going to be suffering because, not, not because of their creativity lacking. It's because no one can go into a fucking place and watch them. <laughs> but yeah, because I suppose that's the downside to streaming and Spotify is that they kind of relied on gigs and now that's been taken away as well. So. You wouldn't give a shit. Yeah, big time, man. Yeah. Merchandise and gigs, like that was the income really for the yeah. majority of them. Because <clears throat> you're not making any money off the record companies and Spotify are the only ones that are making money off um, streaming. More like you saw, you saw the big thing about the, the Spotify CEO mm-hmm. that came out. Make more music. Week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make more music. You're not like, but that that, that is. Well, I'd agree with him. Like for if you're not doing if you're not doing anything else, like what is he gonna do? Like I'm just make some more music. No, but, <laughs> it's not about that, man. That, that's. I don't think he had the. I don't. He, I don't think he had the same intent. <laughs> No, but like he's looking at it from like billionaire's fucking corporate perspective. I need more money. I need more things. But if you're looking at it from an art, like PJ Harvey, like her last album or what, Let England Shake, her best album, she wrote every lyric to that whole album before she ever even put a note of music to it. Because she knew how it was going to sound. She knew what she was trying to say. And then she probably spent things that building up, how am I going to produce it with my music? So that's art. But if you're calling that a service, whereas you've got to go into work at nine o'clock and you've got to stay here until six o'clock, that's a service and you get paid for it. There's a very big fucking difference to that. And that's, this, that's why the likes of the Spotify CEOs and stuff, sh- like it's very wrong. If you're bringing corporate uh, fucking madness down on actual art and creativity, you're in for a recipe for disaster. Like, well, you're not really because you saw Metallica tried it with Napster, Radiohead tried it with Spotify. They all try and go, no, we're not going to use the adapter because they lose out in millions and millions of dollars, even though they're only getting paid point zero 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 three of a cent. No, but that's but that's not no, the that's, problem. That's, that's you still they're... have to distinguish. Like, no, because that that make, that makes us now we're thinking like a business. Yeah, but that, oh, but they have to be on it. But that if concept has been there. Then they're that, losing that, out money. that concept is what has been there for a long time aren't you contracted music. to make so many albums or exactly yeah, yeah. Yes, you, yes, you're yes. or you but, but, up, but uh, there's a difference between being contracted to make so many albums mm-hmm. and to have to sign up to something that you know that you're giving away your talent for free even man look at i'm i was the ultimate downloader back in the day i have not I know I paid a lot of money in gigs, but I have ripped a lot of moon music off of my time. And uh, you know, as a good upstanding citizen, I probably should be going binder fucking records and stuff. Yeah. But you know, 
It's but yeah, it's by the records. It's, but, but, it's a, but that comes down to an individual. But if you're thinking like that from an artist's perspective, on like from thing, it, there's a bigger problem, you know. The reason we have so much clickbait media is yeah, because people are just accepting that the media should be free, and it just gets watered down more and more. Yeah, but I, yeah, yeah. Exactly, but also, but that's a lot of that is by design. Like the media is your complete. Like that is if people think you're being programmed in any way from the media, you know, and we agree with a lot of it is because we've been brought up with the same idealism, not the same uh, way of actually selling people, but the exact same mentality from the people who are giving you the media for 20 years. So now when you think if they've had for, for a lot longer than that, for 40 years, so, so they've had 40 years to be able to perfect how they're going to be able to give PR. It was like Edward Bernays invented PR back in like... Alan, Alan, I was literally about to say Edward Bernays and you just said it. Like you literally just said, said what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's bad. But yeah, Sig- like... Sigmund so, Freud's you, nephew. So yeah, Sigmund Freud's nephew. Like he, he invented PR pretty much. And when you look at the ideology behind it, and that's accumulated over 40 fucking years... You get to a stage where, yeah, we all think the, the media is the biggest, like... But has it not been disrupted, like, in the last... Reddit, Reddit is But has not been one. disrupted in the last... The whole world. Exactly, but has that, has that not... Those structures not been completely disrupted in the last 10 years, like... No, no. it's the whole structure that... that this we're, is no, we're, li- we're living in the age of an influencer, like... We're living in the, we're living in the age of influencer. We're living no, in the man, age of... Like, you're living so in, you're before living the Yosemite the dream, like, you know, it was like... This is what your life yeah. could be like. Yeah, but now, but now, but now the dream is gone. <laughs> oh, so now you're gone. stuck with. They have to be able to. They have to move shit and right. Like Donald Trump, I called him six months before he got what in four years it? ago. I said that man is going to be. <laughs> and I did, and I said it to Dad. I probably said it to you as well before I called him. Why? Because he was telling everybody he wasn't talking to just New Yorkers or people here that are making loads of money and everyone. They, they don't give a fuck who's in. Like no one cares who's in office if you if you've a lot of money, but. You've got the fucking people where it was massive industry back in like all like the south and like the mid south, Midwest, Chicago, all these places absolutely decimated. All they have now is just a bunch of crackhead fucking sons and daughters and nothing there. Everyone wants to leave. If you, if you have a brain in your head, you're probably getting out of there. But Trump was a dem like he's the demagogue. He tells people what they want to hear. And then he doesn't actually justify it in any way. And that is why that man, I hope to God he doesn't get back in. But like Biden is even worse. I don't even want to go down that word. Like fucking. But but Trump, like that that is the reason Trump was elected. And that's true. Like, man, I work with a lot of people who are Trump fans, like, you know, and they're like I well, ended up like, risking. Huh? <laughs> No, but like, they're, you know, they're, you can't, they're not bad people. Like, I don't, I obviously have to disagree with what they're trying to say, but they're not bad people because they were looking at Democrats for the last 30 years. And then us Irish fucking people here with all the opinions and know, oh, America's fucking retarded. I've never moved there. And it's like, you don't understand. Like, you just have a lot of people who don't understand what's going on talking about what's Going on. <laughs> like in America, in Ireland, all over the world, to be honest, in my opinion. It's all it's, it's funny you said that, Alan, because in Leaving Cert History, there was a lad sitting beside me and he was he couldn't think of a project to do. And I'd listened to a podcast with Edward Bernays and I said, You student Edward Bernays, he's a very interesting guy. And just yesterday we were, t- we were talking about the situation in America, and I said, Do you know what, Millie? Because all goes back to Edward Bernays. And then you just brought that <laughs> off. That's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there you go, Lynn. You're, you're beyond, obviously you're related to me, but we've got it. <laughs>
said, I think we're gonna crash The driver's speaking and the car is still intact It was only mine up, oh that's the end of that Oh that's the end of that, as I know